This is Line Dance Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are continuing our breakdown of playlists of dances that we've been doing around here. Here being Sonoma County, specifically Roanoke Park. Getting right into it and continuing where we left off, we are now on February 24th with I'm No Good. What have your thoughts been on I'm No Good by Rachel McEnany-White? This is one of those that I discovered the video by accident, and it looked too cute and fun for me not to want to learn it. So I took the time to actually learn this one a while back, and I actually tried to teach it at some of our local spots before they closed down uh, the way, way, way before COVID ever happened, but like business-wise stopped doing their line dancing nights. And unfortunately, I just don't think that it got its opportunity of teaches at those places. So going back and looking through which dances we wanted to either clean up or review, this one was on my list for sure because I want to give it another go around when we open back up. So I want to be ready for it. Um, there's a lot in this one that I think is really, really cute that matches the music very well. And I think the steps are relatively accessible. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on this one. There are a lot of whole counts. Uh, there are some pattern breaks because it's Rachel. It's got a lot of symmetry also because it's Rachel. And the part I tend to get thrown at... Um, or thrown on still is a little questionable for me. And it's in the last like eight to 16 counts when I don't remember whether I'm rocking and then syncopating. And then there are like a bunch of syncopations in a row. And like, where is that jazz box anyway? Uh, but I think for most folks, as long as they are dancing it regularly at their country bar or wherever, they're probably going to be fine with it. I don't see any major problems with it as a dance. Up next after that, we have I Scream by Scott Blevins. What are your thoughts on I Scream? Well, I enjoy this one um, just in general as a dance. It's a fun track, and I appreciate the fact that there's a little bit of a sassiness to it. And you're actually the reason why we learned this one is because you had brought this one to the table uh, prior to, I believe it was hot, heart of Texas last year, um, so that we could potentially get to dance it with Scott. And what are your thoughts? I don't remember how this one came up other than it was on our list to learn uh, from, I think, mostly European dancers, uh, UK dancers. They'd been putting things on there for a while, like Prodigy, Intrigue, dances that we don't really dance here. And I think Ice Cream was on there as one that they still do over there. And I don't remember whether I saw the Bradley video first or saw it afterward when I was looking to review, but... There's a video where Bradley and Diane and other folks are dancing ice cream and they're having a lot of fun with it. And they're doing like the the shoulders up and down when they do the vine and Bradley runs forward and does a rough, 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 rough um, during the part where they mentioned dog. And 
it's just so fun. I think we've mentioned in previous breakdowns that when you see people having fun to a dance, you want to get involved in that fun as well. And that, I think, probably was what sealed it um, for me. There may have been a time when we tried to learn it in the rec center, but I think I really solidified it as one of the very first dances that I did sort of independently on the linoleum in the house. Like, we're in lockdown. Um, I'm just going to learn dances. And this was one that I was just doing on my own, knowing I was not going to get to dance it other places. We did a kind of a rough dance through of it in Heart of Texas based on having done it before at the rec center. But it became, like, we talk about sometimes, like, uh, oh, yeah, this one's really your dance. This was, like, the one you adopted. This this became not just, like, a dance that's done at events, but my dance when I was dancing it alone, not telling anybody in my house. And, uh, you know, then we eventually got to dance it, not necessarily out of our systems, but I got a good good run with it where I felt like, okay, I can wait until it naturally comes up. Um, and I'm sure I'll, I'll look at it fondly the next time we do see it uh, at another event. Oh, yes. Well, now we have another one, do we not? We have Worth It by Linda McCormick. She has a new last name, and I forget what it is. But at the time, it was choreographed. Uh, Bolton? Oh, there you go. That does, that does sound right, yeah. Um, formerly Linda McCormick uh, with Madison Glover. This is to the song Worth It by... I want to say Fifth Harmony and Kid Ink, maybe, perhaps, not really sure. We learned this at Sonoma State Line Dance Club a while ago, and we danced it regularly enough that we probably knew it for a good several months, and we definitely stopped dancing it for a very long chunk of time as well, and it didn't really come up on its own at events either. So, oh yeah, also lockdown happened. So this one did take a little bit of effort and you know a couple of brain cells to get back. So um, doing the, the work uh, was really necessary. Sometimes you can just kind of put on the music and fake it. But with this, there are enough syncopations and quirky little bits in there that it, it required actually looking at. Uh, I enjoy the feel of it. Some parts of it are kind of slow, but that's because the music is kind of slow. And there is definite sass uh, in in the movements uh, involving like the whipping around. So I remember when you taught this at club and a few of the girls liked it and enjoyed it. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it was just like the end of the semester. So we didn't have an opportunity to really like run with it the way we've had with some other dances uh, that maybe we had to go taught earlier in the semester, so they had the whole time to request it every single week. It did get its fair share of requests, but I just remember it like not having a whole lot of time. So it was one of those that you know we had practiced a little bit, we got to dance it, and then for whatever reason, we just didn't have the time. So it's, I was thinking like maybe it was over like a summer break kind of situation. So that when we came back at that time, that was also the semester that more than half of our kids graduated. So we had to start all over again. And so we were trying to, you know, build the students up from a more accessible foundation for the lack of ever even really being exposed to line dancing before. 
So it was nice to be able to get this one back. I enjoy it. It's got some fun, interesting step combinations that I don't think I would have otherwise thought of. And it, like you said, it's sassy. So that allows for some play as well. Up next, we have Electrisk, which was popular at Wine Country Line Dance back in 2015, 2016. Uh, Roy Hidesabroto came up to do a workshop with us in early 2016, I believe it was. And I'm thinking maybe I knew it by that time. There were not a lot of Roy dances I knew at at, at the start of my awareness of Roy, but this was one of the first ones that I did know that was at least partly by him. As it turns out, this is also a Darren dance? Like, what? I knew that r- at least Roy Hedisabroto and Raymond Sarlamagne were part of this. But when we went back to look at the step sheet, we also discovered that Kelly Haugen of Norway and Darren Bailey were also on this step sheet. It is an A-B dance. Um, I have no idea what they're saying in most of this song. <laughs> this is a very foreign language song. And there are a lot of sound effects like and Hovance. And I, he's probably saying actual words there. And ay, 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 ay. It's a, such a quirky song. You, like you listen to this in the car just to enjoy it. And the movements, you know, the movements are all right. They're symmetrical. They're peppy. They're syncopated. You get some ooh, ooh with the heel, heel. You get to raise your hands in the air. Uh, but mostly this song just has so much energy that I would almost dance anything to it. I'm just glad that the movements that selected do seem to fit the style and genre of music as well. This is one of those that I remember learning very early on in my line dance career. And we were able to dance it at Vegas. I remember... Um, in the main ballroom, I believe it was Joanne Brady had taught it. And so we had actually got to enjoy it. I I could be wrong on, on that one. But um, I know we got to dance it in the main ballroom with Roy. And that was fun and interesting. And it's it's one that you just don't see. But it's kind of a shame because the steps are pretty accessible and very enjoyable uh for the music it's just kind of one of those happy bouncy kind of sounding songs like you i have no idea what they are saying so i mean i might be very naive (laughs) but it sounds fun so i'm gonna take it as such it's interesting too because this is one of those that in the beginning i got tripped up about the turn rolling one way and then doing everything on the opposite foot for the other side like for whatever reason I think that was early on in my career that I had to like really really think about doing things both on my right and on my left that weren't what I would call more of a foundation type step like a you know coaster step or a sailor step or a shuffle (laughs) Uh, so it was it was definitely interesting to get a little bit different movement early on but of course we enjoyed doing this and the nice thing about this one is it's accessible on concrete indeed also accessible on concrete is the next one homegrown by rachel mckinney white what are your thoughts on that i don't remember when we first learned this but most recently to my trip to florida 
they were playing it, I believe, at the barn. So I was able to dance it again after a while of not dancing it. And so when I came back and we had the look down, let's see what dances we wanted to go over. This was very fresh in my memory that I'm like, I want to clean this one up because I was pretty much able to follow it in Florida. And it's cute and it's a sweet song. And I just really enjoy it. So let's do this one. Um, I think the part that confused me, well, okay, a couple things. I forget that it's a walk, walk, triple dance. Shout out to Elliot Marr, who has a lot of thoughts on those dances in SoCal. Um, it, it opens easily enough, but unfortunately not distinctively enough for me to remember. And then I tend to forget side rock, side, or was it side cross, side and cross. And I don't remember like when the rocks or when the syncopations are supposed to happen. And then the side shuffle stuff, um, it splits across the eights. My brain kind of lets go of where that's supposed to be. Long story short, I tend to forget this dance. And if we dance it more frequently, if, if it were a staple in our area, it would probably be second nature easily enough because of how much it actually does make sense with the music and just with its symmetry and pattern breaks. Uh, who knows, you know, if, if, if dancing reopens and it becomes that, then, you know, maybe I'll never have to worry about it again. But this one I can tell I will have to keep dancing over the next few months or I'll probably just lose it and relearn it all over again. Uh, up next, we have Funk and Feel It by Rachel McEnany-White and RJ Centino, the duo that also brought us Blurred Lines. Thoughts on Funk and Feel It? Funk and Feel It was my first official I register what a choreographer is Rachel McEnany White Dance and I was obsessed with it that summer I learned it I danced it and danced it and danced it and I loved it I danced it at home by myself I danced it in the break room at work I danced it with you I danced it in Reno I, I loved it and doing it again on concrete, nothing has changed. I still love this dance. There is such an attachment to this dance. It's almost as if it was like claimed my baby kind of level of attachment ridiculousness because it just feels good. It's fun. It's completely different movements than I was used to when I learned the dance and I liked the little bit of sass with street with just complete fun. And I mean, what better than to start a dance off by shaking your booty? So yes, I love this one and I cannot wait to dance it again. As you mentioned, the last time that we danced it, uh, they do that little sit on when I sit back and imagine, which is just <laughs> so clever. Uh, some of the major memories that I have with this are when we danced it at Tradewinds of all places when they were doing line dance there and we didn't have the right version of the song and ah. yeah uh, we that learned that it's yeah. very important to have like the radio mix or whatever it needs to be otherwise we just re-choreograph around that um, also dancing it in Reno during one of my early trips to Reno I I must have had a lot of energy doing it and they ended up picking it up and liking it and it became like one of their dances, yes. which is interesting considering it's not even like a, it's not even done on the circuit. It just, it had its brief period of time when Rachel was teaching it and then that was that. You don't really see it anymore, but like they still like it there and they song change it and everything, which is 
really nice to, to know that it's, you know, still lives on there. Um, and then of course, this is also the dance where I peaked at life, um, <laughs> twice. Well, I don't know. Cause you also got to choreograph with her. That's true. That also happened. Um, so I, the first, the first experience I had dancing this, uh, at, at Windy City was, I think the first night of open dance and I danced it with Rachel and um, I think I had like a tripod going with some kind of recording. So I posted on Instagram, like of the little I was using Instagram, like um, first night here and I've already peaked at life or something. And then the next day <laughs> they were doing demos, which I had never done before. And I, I discovered that you're allowed to like actually go out there and dance these dances with the people if you know them. And sometimes they prefer that because they have hundreds of people staring at them with their, you know, creation on display for everyone's judgment. And it's easier for them if somebody else is there so they don't have to worry about like messing up or whatever. Um, so I offered to do it and uh, yeah, we, we got to, to demo Funk and Feel It, which was like one of the, again, like I'm out there in like bootcut jeans and a, a, a plaid shirt and a cowboy hat. But this was one of those dances that I knew. So I danced it with her. And yeah, like I just I just treated it like I was dancing it, not like I was worried about anything. I just was so excited to dance this and dance. And she knew that I knew it because we danced it the night before. So that was like probably the peak of my life for the next few years. Um, maybe to this day. <laughs> I think I must have had an, uh, an out-of-body experience. And you know one of the nice things about this dance also is that we didn't really do a whole lot of it back home. It wasn't like a Sonoma State Line Dance Club dance. We didn't do it at Hot Monk or Twin Oaks. So it really just it lives in this special bubble where we didn't like overplay it and we don't have any negative associations with it. It's very safe and cute. And you know we just uh, kind of go back to that 2016 land uh, when we hear it and dance it. Next up is Floor Filla. And what are your thoughts on Floor Filla? Jen Cameron. <laughs> That's my thoughts on Floor Filla. I don't remember what event of Jen's that we were at, but this came on and she like, she had this almost confident strut out to the dance floor. Like, oh, I own this dance. I got this. And then like, she's out there having the biggest time of her life giant smile and then of course she follows it up in true gen fashion that we were the best out there referring to everybody um and i had to know this dance i had to know it it looked too much fun i needed to be a part of it and so that's kind of where i go every time i play this dance there's one or two others that i have the same kind of image in my head and specifically regarding Jen Cameron, but it's just this one. I just, I couldn't pass up. I think it may have been big bang. Yeah, the dance was choreographed by Brian McWhorter and Cody Stevens. And I definitely remember when we interviewed Brian McWhorter at an event and I'm trying to picture what hotel it was. And I don't think we've been to it in a while. And big bang, of course we haven't been to in a while either. So I think it may have been that event. Um, the chopper in the air, I can see them waving the arms. It's such a, a quirky dance with like the hands, the the pony, uh, product of its time. I would say one another one of those dances that 
you could definitely get away with then. And I don't know, um, I don't know how, how it would do worldwide now. Um, but like when you're there doing it with friends, it's almost like karaoke when anything goes, anyone can do and say anything they want. When you dance this among friends as a person who was there, like Brian and, and Jen, then you, know, you can do all those things and it's all okay. And it gives you that just feeling of, of um, I guess, permission to, to play. I think it's important to have that in an event. Um, after that, we have Bobby with an eye. Uh, there aren't a whole lot of videos that I've found of Rachel dancing Bobby with an eye uh, online. There is one where I think she's in some kind of like a black dress at an event and looks like a giant gymnasium. I was told this was a classic, so I learned it. And I think in SoCal they, they were doing it in like Branding Iron or something years ago during one of my road trips. It was on some list somewhere. It is satisfying. It's got a lot of patterns that make total sense. Cross side, sailor step, cross side, behind and cross, rock, recover, cross and cross, turn, turn, shuffle. Like those are all basic patterns and nobody had thought to put them together in that way until Rachel. There's a, a nice tasteful hold in there, rock, recover and back hold and rock, recover coaster. Uh, some symmetrical step, turn, shuffle stuff at the end. I also mostly like the song and I like the message of it. This is a very positive non-fearing country song about a fellow who just dresses up as bobby with an eye you know lady bobby and it's accepting and, and um open-minded I, I think it's great that she shared this song with more people by choreographing such a sensible and um, enjoyable dance to it Yes, I definitely enjoy the song for just the song's sake. It's it was one of those I think when I first heard it, I just I was laughing because I don't know if I was expecting the route that the song went. And so it was more of a oh, okay, cool, let's do it. Um the dance is a lot of fun. There's a few parts where I feel like if you have the room on the dance floor, you're just going to want to sail with this dance because the energy that goes along with the movements coupled with the sound of the song, it just kind of like takes you up and carries you with it. Um, so it's really, really enjoyable. I do know that you taught it at Sonoma State Line Dance Club and it was uh, one of our students. She, she loved dancing it. She would request it all the time. So it's nice to know that like even some of the students nowadays can just appreciate uh, the song. It's not one of those out of place sounds like some of these older dances have been that you're just like, it's a classic. You got to know it because it's a classic. So if you're going to go to any events, it's going to get played because it's a classic versus something like this one being this is an older one. You should know it. A lot of people have fun with it. So uh, it's it's I'm glad that we got this one back. Also, yeah, shout out to that student, Kendra Spiker, if you're listening. Um, I'm grateful that you requested it as many times as you did because it meant I got to dance it. <laughs> After that, we have Blue Finger Liu, another classic by A.T. Kinson and Max Perry. If you haven't seen the video of Joe Thompson Szymanski dancing this with her troupe of uh, male accompanying dancers, you should definitely look it up. It, I think the video alone is classic like there are some videos that you just replay and the way that they do this one it makes you want to learn the dance and she has so much fun there's so much poise and energy um, even though it's multi-part one of those early phrased dances 
I think it's worth it to kind of put yourself in the mind space of how Joe looks in that video. Yes, I absolutely love, love, love watching that video. It is so much fun. Um, for the dance itself, uh, the song, there's nothing inherently wrong with the song, but it's also one of those that like I wouldn't necessarily have thought to like if it was on the radio, stay and listen to it. But the dance is a lot of fun. So it makes me want to hear the song. And there's a one or two parts that have always tripped me up. And I'm going to admit that that's lack of practicing. And so it was nice to kind of get this one back in rotation so that I can actually have a go at practicing it over and over again. Because I think it's still weird to start off with a hold. But it makes perfect sense with how the sound of the music is. And so I just have to, I have to remember, hold, then go. Um, whereas I'm, I'm definitely the type of person that's like, yeah, let's do this. And so I have to remind myself to slow down every once in a while. Um, but other than that, I'm, like I said, I'm really glad we got this one back in rotation. Yeah. It's weird. Like when we broke it down this most recent time, you wouldn't believe that the step steps are just rock, recover, rock, recover, sailor step, rock, recover, rock, recover, sailor step, ball step ball run around in a circle like that hold makes everything just a little more interesting because then it's hold and two uh what was it one and two and three four and five and six and seven eight and one hold two and three like now it's not just rock recover paint by numbers it's life and being alert and checking in with downbeats um just that little half count makes all the difference uh, after that, we have Feed the Fetish by Scott Blevins, another one where you can absolutely sail across the floor given smooth uh, shoes and enough room to travel. What are your thoughts on Feed the Fetish? So I remember where I was when we first went over this for the very first time for Megan. And that is actually at the uh, gazebo stage for the Katati Square, which is also where we uh, filmed some of the the video for Can't Walk Away, the first uh, two walls of it. It's that same stage. And so there's a lot of memories on that particular stage for very specific dances, and this was one of them, which when I don't dance this one for a while, it takes me a minute to like trust that I know this dance. And what ends up happening is as soon as the music starts playing, I see that whole stage and where the bathroom building is versus where the center um, park area is versus where the parking lot is. And it's like I can picture myself exactly on that stage regardless of what room I'm in dancing it. It's a very weird feeling for me because I don't always get that. Um, This is also one that I have, I danced enough that I have played with it enough that going back through this last time and actually walking through the steps to clean them up again I think is probably a good idea because I have definitely loosely variated a lot of moments in this dance based on whatever lyric or sound or um, interesting little noise nuance that I've heard over the years for this one but I actually really really enjoy this one because there's like you said there's like there's that sense of you you really fly 
There's also a lot of parts where I feel like you can kind of like almost skate drag and like slide into the spot and play. There's just a lot of room for this one once you're comfortable with it. This is one that's easy to overthink, but once, as you say, the music is playing and you trust yourself, uh, you're fine. You know, if you've danced it enough times, it will just happen through your body. But yes, I agree that it is important to clean it up because otherwise uh, you're just kind of interpretive dancing and you're like, there was a dance behind all this, right? Like there's a skeleton to it because I'm just kind of feeling it. Uh, this this one also reminds me very much of late night. It sounds and yes. feels like a late night dance. After that, we have Rhyme or Reason by Rachel McEnany White. I don't have a whole lot of memories associated with this because we didn't dance it that often after I taught it at Sonoma State Line Dance Club. And of course, we don't really dance it much at events either. Uh, it seemed like a significant one for us to learn. And I would say it is useful in its BPM range if you ever feel like song switching it. I also think that the, the song message is a positive one. So my one issue with this dance is I get distracted by the song. And the reason why I get distracted by the song is because when I was younger, I played this song on loop all the time. So every once in a while, I forget that I'm dancing and I go total karaoke style on this. So I had to remind myself every once in a while, oh, you're dancing to this. So I'm thinking by the having it back on the list and going through it, uh, I, it'll have its chance to be reminding me that it is a dance and I am enjoying it. Um, other than that, like there... I like the beginning. The beginning is very weird and unique and different and just like it hits so satisfyingly. Um, there's a few spots that allow you to do a walk-walk versus a turn. So depending on how you're feeling, you can adjust as needed. So that's nice. And again, I'm low-key obsessed with the song. So that helps. Up next is another very much late night dance, Cadillac Ride by Guyton Mundy. I will say it is totally okay to not bust your right knee and do the alternative version of spinning on your knee a full 360 and sliding over, uh, but on your feet. If you find yourself in that situation, if you're wearing shorts, if you just would rather not hurt yourself, that's okay. This dance just makes you feel cool, especially if you, again, watch one of the iconic line dances, uh, line dance videos of line dance history, where... Uh, Guyton and Rachel are dancing yes. this. I believe uh, in, a, in a very low ceilinged room. Luann makes an appearance at the very end. There's some West Coast dancers at, at some point. Uh, that video makes you see almost like this like back door poker card room version of line dance where you, you're sneaking in and seeing all the cool stuff happen. And again, you know, you see that and you want to get you know, acquainted with it and, and be part of it. So you learn the dance. Um, I, and I know that I can't like physically time travel to the time when people were dancing this in that video, but it still kind of feels like it when you know the steps and you're able to do it late night. Yeah. So this is one of those that I enjoy for the idea that I get to practice the styling of a more street style dance versus a cha-cha or you know something more like that it's very different it is very outside of my comfort zone and I love it for that reason because it really pushes me 
Uh, as for the knee thing, it will probably be a very, very long time before I am able to actually go full out and do the right knee since my injury is my right knee. So I have definitely been doing the modification. And although it's not as satisfying, it still gets the job done. So with this one, I remember feeling so cool and so part of the in crowd when it played on marathon until we missed the restart. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was like, wait, what just happened? (laughs) And then I believe it was Jesse came up later and explained to us that there was a restart. And I don't know if there's actually a restart mentioned on the step sheet we were using or what, but we were just not aware of that whatsoever. But it's okay because we were like, oh, that's an easy fix. We got this. So yeah, it's been a fun one to keep ever since. Mm -hmm. And while that one might be kind of weird and quirky in a street guyton way, the next one is Hot Potato, which Yay! is weird and quirky in a John Robinson way. We danced this one to the original, which is Yoko by the Cartoons, as well as uh, Take It Back by Reba McIntyre. What are your thoughts on Hot Potato? Yay! This is a ridiculous one. And I think it's mostly ridiculous because of this original song. Uh, because when we we danced it to take it back, it was just enjoyable dance. It wasn't anything weird. But I think the Yoko song is a little weird and odd and very enjoyable. And there's a couple videos that I have um, in my history of John Robinson dancing to it. And there's this thing that he does with the knee bounce and the neck thing. And then like, oh my God, it's just so much fun. And... I don't remember why this one came up originally for the first learn, but I'm so glad it did. I remember learning it in Ives. Uh, and so I remember like where the, the board was versus the chairs were versus all of that kind of stuff. And it was just so fun and weird. And like, I just, I wanted to keep it. So when, again, when we were talking about, um, what we wanted to review or whatever, I was I was really it was really glad to to get a chance to do this one. Yeah, it it goes off phrase, and sometimes it syncs up, and sometimes it's just like okay, I guess we're doing that here. Um, to if you do it to give it back, which I believe is one of, on one of John's sheets as an alternative option, it does stay in sync the whole time. Um, but uh, this is another one of those where it's based so much on the video that I've seen, where I believe he's at. Um, I think it was Big Bang. Yeah, one of the original locations for Big Bang in 2013. And you can hear Louie playing with John on the mic where they're saying, you, you, and me, and me. And that's Louie saying that. And it, it gives you that, that feeling that, you know, even though he can be a real rough and gruff guy, when you've known him for years, uh, as you know, John, of course, would, you know, you can play. You can play back and forth as a dancer, choreographer, and as a DJ on the mic. And it's nice to see Louis play with people and not just be mad at people, but like <laughs> actually have a warm relationship with his friends. And that, again, you know, while, while watching John have fun dancing it, it, that's something you want to kind of be part of in, in, in just the back of your mind while you're dancing this dance, his dance, to this song. You, know, you kind of see that ballroom with all the space on it as though there's room for you to join. Uh, after that, we have Electric Love by Amy Bailey. 
and oh man, we have gotten and 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 forgotten it a few times. Um, I think. I remember this a lot as one that Marcy likes to dance and which is still popular in the Bay Area at Boots and Buckles. What are your thoughts uh, with Electric Love? So this is one of those that I don't know if I've ever actually specifically forgotten the steps, but I have definitely not trusted myself that I remembered them. So I've done the, I think this is what we're supposed to do. And then I have to like kind of sternly tell myself, stop thinking, just dance. Um, Marcy definitely likes this one, or at least did when we were doing boots and buckles. And so that was a lot of fun. But I remember this one from Vegas. And I remember this one from Vegas because this was one of those that we demoed for Amy because she was coming in the next day and it was scheduled to be the day that she was coming in which meant the night before there needed to be a demo and so we got out there and I believe Kat Painter was also out there and I remember being so nervous because she wasn't there and I wanted to do so right by her dance and I remember us going over it in one of the rooms upstairs and yeah it was it was a little bit of pressure because that was also early on in my experience with being out and demoing dances, but also it was one of those that I really liked the sound of the song. So I really wanted to know what the dance steps felt like. And then when they were what they were, I was like, oh, this feels too good to not ever keep. So I'm definitely glad that you brought this one back to the table and I am just really grateful for that. <laughs> and if the artist sounds familiar, I believe it's Serena Ryder, who's the same singer of uh, Got Your Number by Darren Bailey, who is uh, Miss Amy Bailey's husband. Um, it, the song, it, it gives you a feeling of like, if you could just summarize this in sound effects, you'd be like, ooh. Mm. Ah, ooh, ah, like because there's like a booty roll and a a booty pop and and then twist, 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 and it just it's another one that makes you. F- How did we describe this before? As like the the sneaking into the club kind of a dance where I think go back to one of our tournament episodes where we mentioned Electric Love <laughs> because this song sounds like a bunch of cool kids are hanging out and you are in the room and you don't know that they know that you're there, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you're gonna just hang out as long as they'll let you. <laughs> After that, we have, yes, exclamation point by Joe Thompson Szymanski and Simon Ward. The song is by Mary Clayton from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, where she talks about how great it's going to be to make the love. Yeah, exactly. To say yes uh, (laughs) with her her partner, her her consensual partner. What are your thoughts on yes? (laughs) Well, my thoughts on yes are two things. One, I remember the image of Joe dancing this in the Vegas lobby and just how genuinely excited and happy she looked while dancing it and so of course naturally I really wanted to dance it after that I also remember the video of her and Simon in front of the elevators at some I don't even remember where she said they had choreographed it but like at like middle of the night kind of choreography and then like let's film this real quick before we forget it kind of situations and then that ended up being one of the 
one of the copies of it. So uh, I remember seeing them dance in in the hallway in front of the elevator from that video. So like those are the two images I have stuck in my head with this one. So anytime I get to dance this, I have this vision of like Joe, like, you know, sticking her arm straight up and like spanning out in her whole yes as she's like hitching her knee really, really high with the giant Joe smile on her face. So it's like, it just makes me happy. Yeah, this is another one where Louis gets to play and tease, and I'm pretty sure it was record the video that um, the video that I have on YouTube was recorded at Vegas Dance Explosion during the day. It may even have been like a Sunday during the day in the line dance lobby when Louis was DJ, and she was probably I mean, Joe is Joe. She would have stayed up all night, I'm sure, to dance with dancers on Saturday night, and then here she is, full of energy. And, you know, Louie is egging her on. So she's during the intro of this dance, she's doing jumping jacks because that's Joe. She's getting the crowd hyped. Everyone is ready to do this dance. And then Louie even makes some comment to Jesse, who's on the side, like, pick it up, Jesse, or something. He says something to Jesse as well because they've known each other for years. Um, and again, you're just part of this Joe party. And that makes you want to learn that dance. Uh, next, we have Natural Selection, also by Gaiton Mundi. Super complicated dance. Uh, we we tend to review this one pretty often, or at least we have to review it often, so that we can get the little quirky splits across the eight and uh, arm stuff. And things that you wouldn't normally do, like the thinker pose at the very end. Uh, the video I associate with this, oh, well, there are two videos that I have in mind for this. One is, of course, Guyton walking through it and pausing that video so many times, which was filmed with some kind of mid-2000s potato. <laughs> uh, just trying to understand what he was going for and then doing my best to, you know, Guyton it up in my movements to maybe come close to that. And then watching him play full out with, I believe it was Philip Sobrilo, Roy Sobroto, maybe Will Craig. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, at, at Vegas Dance Explosion before our time, back when it was at, I think, the Riviera before it went to the Westgate. And again, these are like the cool guys out there doing all this stuff, not only just be doing the basic steps, but also doing all kinds of improv on it because they know it that well and it's Roy and of course he can and you know they're they're like interacting with each other and like doing the Charlton dance or was it Charleston um, what Carlton. Carlton that's it the Carlton dance um, so again you you watch that and you thought all right there's no way after you know 10 15 years I'm gonna look like that dancing it but at least I can get the basic steps down so I can be on the floor when it happens yeah this 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 one I have a hard time with the first like eight and a half counts <laughs> maybe closer to 16 counts of the dance the rest of it it's all like oh yeah that's in there oh yeah that's in there but like the timing of the up and downs of the arms and the kicking out to the side and then the yeah I have to review that otherwise I feel a fool but I have that same video in my head of the four of them and it's like it's so dark and I remember I'm like trying to like see them as they're playing and it, it just yeah um it's a surprisingly short dance 
like for how complicated the quote unquote steps are and like you get to go around like one full time and then like a chunk and that's it you're done and so it's like it's always by like the last wall that I'm like oh I think I finally oh just kidding song's over (laughs) so it's definitely one of those where I need to practice it more so that I can have it earlier Woo Woo by Rachel McEnany White is up next what are your thoughts the boots I just remember being there in Florida when she demoed this one in those gorgeous freaking like heeled boots with her short haircut and just oh my god I remember being like low-key obsessed with this one for so many reasons one and most I will admit I am a total fangirl when it comes to Rachel choreography it is what it is um also she's like one of the best human beings on the face of the planet so that doesn't hurt either but with this particular dance i i'm sure if you've ever heard a podcast from us before i have a thing about footy bits there's always some kind of footy bit that like gets me attracted to a dance that i'm like ooh and she has the tiktok and then like the hitch and then the step tiktok and then reverse to go back to where she was like who does that and so I had to know how it felt. There was so much of this dance that I'm like, ah, I need to know. The song is perfect. I love the song. And the dance just has so much character and attitude to it that I needed it in my body. Yeah, this definitely musically for Rachel feels very much in the the family of street soul and give it back. And it even has some little baseline thing like a, a rising action in in the background of this as well as stuck and I just want to hear that every time it comes up I feel sassy when I dance this as though I have ever been um, a, a woman <laughs> wronged by her man and, and underappreciated the way the singer of the song uh, seems to have been. But like when you rise up, uh, when when after you've done the C bump, first of all, C bump is plenty sassy on its own. But when you go the other direction and you rise up, up on your toes, and then you come back down, it gives you that little like, uh-huh, yeah, right. Don't act like that. You know, be right by me. And it just feels good. It feels satisfying. There's something in this. And I, I do remember learning it from Brenda at Coach's Corner and mostly focusing on the steps and, and pointing to all the right diagonals and everything. And when you're just looking at steps, yeah, it's kind of complicated. But when you get into the flow of it, like it's so empowering. And the, the instruments in the background make you just want to like reach your arms around that horn, se- horn section and let them lift you up by the shoulders so that you can walk your big high heels all over that man who who needs to get his act together. Something about this song and dance. After that, we have I Don't Mind by Fred Whitehouse. And is Shane part of this as well? Or does he just dance it a lot? That is an excellent question. I think question. it might be both of them. I'll look it up. But what are your thoughts on the dance, I Don't Mind? I Don't Mind is probably one of those slightly guilty pleasure dances for me where like like again like I said like there's certain styles i.e. street that just put me past my comfort level and the song itself is one that like puts me in that same like just 
barely past my normal comfort zone, but still within an acceptable like push. And there's a lot of fun with the steps. Of course, I like the part where you go make that money, money, money. This is one of the first dances I ever learned how to glide in. So I have that memory. And then let's be honest, when you get to like imitate being on a pole, that's kind of fun too. So there's this. And then I always think, of course, of watching Fred and or Shane dance this one and how they play with some of the lyrics. There's just, it's very entertaining. So I try and find my own ways to play with this one, but I, I think I need a little bit more time with it to really make it mine. Yeah, this is another one that I learned in Coach's Corner and I promptly lost because it is complicated, again, when you're just focusing on steps. But this, again, was another one like Ice Cream where I got it back during lockdown and here is where we've mostly been able to play with it and really get into it. And so now most of my memories are not of Coach's Corner and certainly not of dancing it at events because I didn't really know it then. Uh, it's dancing it in the room where we're recording because that's where we've had um, more the majority of uh, our confident experiences with it, uh, with these lights and, and plants and whatnot. Uh, it's again, like Woo Woo, it's, it's one of those songs where I have no idea what it's like to date a stripper, but when I dance and sing along with this in my head, I do. <laughs> I know exactly what it's like. Um, musically, I, I, I get a kick out of the skirt bit uh, where you're doing the thing with your head, um, as well as the Babe Ruth. And, you know, at events, I always heard Babe Ruth, and I saw I saw people swinging, and I heard the... And I never listened to the lines before that where he, he's talking about knocking the P word out the park, light by name's Babe Ruth. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's the full story behind why he's Babe Ruth. See, there's so much to this song that I never really listened to uh, closely until dancing it in the last several months. But now you should hear me in the car because it is, it's right there in line with all of my Dr. Dre and my my M&M and, uh, and some of my Snoop Doggy Dog. It's, uh, it's one of those that I just like to lean back on, you know, maybe put my elbow out the window a little, like <laughs> bob my head. Mm, right. Watch for the, for the popo. After that, we have Pieces. What are your thoughts on Pieces by Dustin Betts? So Pieces goes along with a few different dances for a timestamp in my life. Lalo and uh, Run Me Like a River. Um, there's... There's a moment or whatever that you have with certain dances that we've referred to as peak moments. And with this one, I think I've had it, and then I'll have another one. So it's it's very interesting. It's, it's such a beautiful song, and the way Dustin choreographed it, it's just, I can't even... It's just magical, I guess, is the best way to say it. Is there's such a graceful movement to it. I feel like a real dancer. And to get that so early, um, 
and I just realized I, I misquoted it. It's not run me like a, it's take me to the river. Sorry. Um, cause I learned it before my first Vegas. So I was so early in my line dance career and I have only been able to grow with this dance and find new ways of adding styling and technique to it. And it's just been along the journey with me, the way, um, take me to the river and lay low has and it's like it, it's always going to have a special place in my heart it's one of my earlier slow line dances and i still occasionally have to use little mental tricks like okay that's the quarter where we're going to end up and okay this is the time when we do this um, so i i don't always trust myself to to do it on my own facing all the right walls but when i'm among the herd it is it is nice to just kind of flow and I, I also have a positive memory of it, I think at a boogie when the cows come home, when somebody had a video uh, of it uploaded and I, I saw it. And it, again, like it's one of my earlier slow dances, slow line dances. So when I saw that video, I thought like, wow, this is a very different look from like Mavericks and Kodiaks. And I, I knew Skinny Love kind of, but like I don't remember ever seeing like a video of it. So like seeing a video of myself adequately doing pieces, <laughs> like, whoa. This is development of some kind. This is good. All right. Um, after that, we have Feel by Scott Blevins. I tend to forget this one, and I'm going to try to be better about it this time around with staying on it so that I don't have to completely relearn it again. Um, but when you have it, and especially if you, if you have it while on the same floor as Jason Takahashi dancing it, <laughs> this one feels very pretty. And you can really spin into that uh, that new wall um, with confidence there are, there are nice elegant turns and unwinds as well as some holds when you do the step turn step point point near the beginning it's got edges and it also has curves and I would recommend it especially since it doesn't have any tags or restarts uh, for anybody who would like a pretty and um, shorter uh, slow line dance so first and foremost, I love this one. The song is gorgeous, and Scott did such a phenomenal job at discovering the movements that belong with this song, in my opinion. Um, I actually remember sitting down next to Louis St. George uh, one night, and we were talking about different things when it comes to line dancing, whether it be the music choice or like how a night flow works versus like watching certain dancers and what they bring to the floor. And he had stopped me, pointed to Joe and said, watch her on this one. And I just remember being absolutely mesmerized about how just like elegant and graceful and beautiful and just totally enchanting Joe looked while dancing this and it was just like how do I not know this dance kind of situation it's so pretty and I was just totally mesmerized by it and so like I just have that that moment in my head when I think about this dance just thinking about it and then when I go to dance this dance it's almost as if like and this is gonna sound so funny I can't not feel feel <laughs> like there's just so much powerful lyrics and music that 
the way Scott has choreographed it just like builds inside and I can't help but connect to it because of the path that he had laid out for me and I'm so grateful for it because I love this dance. I have almost no memories with the next one which is Hot and Hazy by J.P. Potter, Patrick Fleming, and Bracken Ellis because we don't really dance this anywhere and there's so little to this dance that I'm kind of embarrassed that you know we keep forgetting it completely kind of like Beethoven's Boogie there isn't so much there that we shouldn't be able to just remember it but we never do it and I think the spirals do something to your brain so that like it deletes counts if you don't do it for a few months uh, so this one I I will keep in in the lists um, as we go forward. Hopefully there will be a memory with it somewhere in the future. I think we originally found out about it because somebody said that they like it or it's like a regular dance for them and like JP was surprised by that or something along those lines. This one will have its time. It is it is just yet to be determined when. <laughs> so my, <laughs> my memory is a little hot and hazy with this one. <laughs> but anyways... Um, I believe, I can't place where we were at. It's possible it was Palm Springs, but it's also possible it was different. We were talking with Jennifer Rogers, and Jacqueline might have been there as well, but along with JP, and we were talking about Deja Vu and trying to get JP to play Deja Vu for us, and that came up, and then we were talking about Crush, being done back at our local bar and I think Jennifer was the one who mentioned that hot and hazy is one that she liked or one that she does and so I think that's how that came up I could be remembering this very incorrectly but like that's who I'm envisioning when I think about how we learned about this dance and like you said like we just haven't danced it I think we we learned it and danced it once or twice at our local bar just kind of testing out the waters to see if we were going to teach it and then I, it was probably just one of those nights where we had only beginners show up and so it just kind of got pushed to the side and then for whatever reason because it's one that we had just discovered and didn't really have any like uh, nostalgic moments or attachments to it yet like it was just one that just it didn't get come back around until just most recently and like you said like it's a lot of fun like in the sense of like easy accessible dances. So why we are struggling to keep it is beyond me because I enjoy the song. I think it hits nicely and I am hoping to keep it in rotation so that then once things are opening up, I might be able to teach it some to, as a harder lesson for the night. Up next is a dance that I was told was a classic, so I thought I should learn it. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of personal memories with it, except uh, for a couple at events. It is Black Coffee, which is popular in the UK. Uh, it, I really don't see it that often here. Um, and I believe it was at Florida Line Dance Classic where I taught it, and I think Rachel ran out to demo it with, with me. That may have been the year that I taught a few different classics. And of course, since it's popular in the UK, it's one that she would know. Um, what I visually remember from this dance is the night at uh, Vegas Dance Explosion when Louis was playing a bunch of classics. I think it was Madison and maybe also Joe uh, who I remember seeing do the snap up, snap down, snap up, snap down, and like the shimmies. It's a dance with a lot of movements. It's uh, by it's by Helen O'Malley since I don't think I mentioned that. Um, it, 
it's a dance with a lot of movements that you'd think could be interchangeable, which are thus, you know, harder to remember. But when it's one of your regional classics, you know, you just, you just know it. And it's not really one of ours, so I just have to keep at it. Any little mini thoughts from you on this one? It's funny because I don't have any of those same memories, and yet I was at all of those events. <laughs> Go figure. All right, well, thank you for hanging out with us here on Lion Dance Podcast. This has been Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.